want Bearcats. I, I love the Bearcats. I like Luke Fickle. He brings the table. I like Bearcats. Lock in mid post. Great spin move. Reverse layup. Oh, oh. And it's good for Victor Lockett. What a move. Looked like Bill Walton out there. On back to throw. Looking. Scrambling. Passes. Intercepted at the goal line. The Bearcats have the football. Sauce Gardner picking off the pass as Cincinnati denies Notre Dame in the red zone. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. To Julius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. Double tight ends in for Cincinnati. Ritter will hand it off. Jerome Ford bouncing it to the left. There he goes. To the 30. Pulling away like Secretariat at the Belmont. Touchdown. Bearcats as Jerome Ford takes it to the house to give Cincinnati a three-score lead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of the Go Beer Cats podcast. I am your host, Brandon, and we are back for two weeks in a row here. Like I said, we would be glad that uh, we could get this done two weeks in a row. We're on a roll, I guess. Uh, we have a, a good episode here for you. Season three, episode 60, kind of a milestone, I guess. Uh, we have uh, Artie and Jared coming on from the Boneyard podcast, a, a great uh, follow on on uh, Twitter or social media and a, a great podcast as well for everything that is ECU welcoming, welcoming them back on the podcast here uh, to talk and preview the, the big football game Friday night, nip at night uh, going for number 32 straight at home conference uh, championship game, potentially on the line, get out to nipper, be early, wear black, Let's go. Uh, I am super excited uh, for this game. Before we bring them on, you know, we got to do Beer of the Podcast. Uh, this one, 16 lots up in Mason. They The uh, Kenny's Day Drinking Lager. Uh, nice that the uh, the Bengals are back in the win, win column after this, uh, this week. So uh, trying to take it easy tonight. It's a school night, not doing anything crazy. Nice uh, sipper here as, uh, as we welcome them on. Before we get to... That uh, interview, though, you know, certainly got to bring up uh, the UC basketball game last night. Uh, the debut of, of Landers Nolly, if you will, did not disappoint. I know uh, they played a, uh, a Division II team, uh, Chaminade or, or something, the Silver Swords, great, great nickname, great mascot. Uh, you know, they're D2, nothing to, uh, you know, phone home about really in, in terms of an opponent uh but you certainly saw glimpses and and you know plenty of highlights for the bearcats uh, after that game they all they scored 98 points almost got to the century mark there uh david julius 24 points uh so you know you, you definitely can see right away the the one two combo the, the first option the second option that uh we were missing the past couple of years uh you know, not to take away from from anyone else on the team, uh, but I, I like I, I've been saying since since he decided to transfer here, Landers Nolly is is a big deal for the team and for the program. And you know, he hit the ground running last night. You know, basketball's here, overlapping with football, so we'll check in and out of that. I don't want to just have a, a knee jerk reaction to that first game, uh, so I want to get a couple more in. Uh, before we we start to break down what we're seeing on, on the basketball side of things and, and bring in some special basketball guests that I have lined up, but 
plenty to talk about the the basketball team as it's just getting started. For now, we're still fighting for a, a conference championship in football. ECU coming to town. Hopefully, Bearcats fans show up and show out, sell this thing out because it's going to be it's going to be bonkers. I think uh, first snippet night of the season, right? So we definitely got to get out for that. This is the one we've been waiting for. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on uh, Jer- uh, Jared and Artie and, and get their thoughts here on on the game. They they deliver some good stuff here. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, coming back to the Go Beer Cats podcast for their second time here for season three, episode 60, which is, I guess, kind of a, a milestone here uh, after we took some weeks off for me not being able to talk. We, we have Artie and Jared from the Boneyard podcast. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw this out there. It is the premier ECU podcast, a great follow on on Twitter as well. If you're not doing that already, or if you're looking for uh, you know an ECU account to follow, gentlemen, welcome back. How's it going this evening? Great to doing be back. Well, doing very well. Absolutely, uh, love what you guys do. Definitely uh, follow along. Get my ECU news uh, from you guys. Uh, try to follow at least one account uh, for for every team in the American. I don't know how I arrived or found you guys, but I'm glad I did. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, encouraged when I can get guests to come back on because it must mean I'm doing something right. I'm or at least, you know, hosting and not being a jerk or, or, or you know, something. So uh, definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, this this Friday night, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday. We've got a, a short week here to begin with, with a, a huge game on Friday night at Nippert Stadium. The Pirates coming to town. To, to and in a very good position themselves to to get into the, the conference uh, championship game with you know solid wins under the under their belt already uh, they just beat BYU uh, at BYU this week already beat Central Florida you guys had Memphis's number it seems like for the past couple of seasons I love that because I hate them uh, and you know played a uh, a really close game against uh, NC State which I know you guys really get up for and and we're looking for that to, to open the season. One that you guys probably should have should have came away with with the win. Uh, but you know, how are you guys? Uh, you know, coming off being bowl eligible and not being able to play it the, the, that one year, I kind of remember that happening to you guys as well, which was unfortunate. Uh, how are you guys uh, liking this and ha- handling this this upswing again for the ECU Pirates? Yeah, um, I mean the the Pirates that. Everybody wanted to join the American seemed to have finally shown up. Um, This is the program that it it seems like everybody's wanted us to be. Um, And they're doing well. I mean, you you talk about some tough losses. I mean, you're, you're a couple missed field goals away from being eight and one. And you're the team that people are talking about being ranked in the top 25. And your only loss is then to Tulane, which, Honestly, it was a much closer game than the than the score showed. Um, ECU had a penalty that took away a, a touchdown, then had another penalty that put on a touchdown um, in, in that game, and you end up losing by by what was that, fourteen points, fifteen points. Um, ECU's a couple plays away from being eight and one, nine and zero on this season, and they they played a lot of tough matchups. Probably one of the tougher schedules we've played in a long time. Uh, playing NC State to start the season, and then. Um, having to play a gauntlet of UCF, BYU, 
Cincinnati and Houston uh, back to back weeks. Uh, it, it's been it's been good though. We're we're finally back to being bowl eligible, and um, the the fan base is finally coming back and and excited about what what's to come for this program. Yeah, I mean, and, and the, the only thing I'll, I'll add to that is is just consistency. It's nice to see some consistency from this team. It's something we have not seen in a long time with this program since 2013-2014 season when we have back-to-back seasons when we are bowl eligible to, to be able to see that from an East Carolina program. For the for the fans to be able to have that back again, it's, it's just long overdue. Um, you know, the the – the tough break that we had in, in, the, in the opener against State is, is, is obvious. And then, you know, to lose a tough one against Navy is, you know, looking back on it it's now, it's like, okay, that's that's when we definitely felt like we should have had. But still to be able to put together a three-game winning streak, kind of kind of get these wins together, get that much-needed bye week that we had this this, this past week and get ready for Cincinnati um, is, is, is huge. And, and we have everything still out in front of us. So that's that's awesome. But just the consistency uh, to, to see from this program the last couple of years that we have not had and what feels like a hundred years is, is just good to see. Definitely. And that, I, I misspoke uh, there uh, when I was talking about uh, when the BYU game was, that was two weeks ago. So you guys, like you said, you had the, the off week, the, the bye week this past uh, mm-hmm. weekend uh, to get, you know, even a really good position make sure even though the, it's a Friday game, that extra time to prepare for Cincy, uh, you know, in Nippert Stadium. I, I look forward, and I certainly hope it is. It's going to be uh, wild and and you know a, a jumping, you know, forty thousand people there on, on a Friday night. It's going to be a little chilly, maybe a little wet from from rain, uh, you know, earlier in the day. Uh, but this is this is meaningful football in November for both teams. You know, they're both chasing, uh, you know, a spot in in the conference title game you know when i'm thinking when i'm like looking forward to this game i'm i'm like remembering uh you know the the last second field goals during the tuberville era here where it you know it's it's taken that last you know 50 yarder to beat ecu or you know it's you know we the two teams you know historically here in the american have played in some dog fights and some you know crazy ending type of games for me, for me, and just the the uh, trajectory that each team's on, the, the game Friday night has that type of feeling. Uh, and you know, we talked about it a little bit on, on your podcast, and I talked about it with uh, Keith Jenkins from the Cincinnati Enquirer last week. With with ECU or or Tulane, who we still have on the schedule, there's nothing more that they, the fan base or, or the team would would love than to knock Cincinnati out of the conference championship game, you know, we're, we're leaving for the big 12, you know, that puts a, a target on your back. We've, we've won the conference the past two years. That probably to me puts an even bigger target. So as a fan base for you guys, is that something like, you know, you're, you're like sort of, you know, getting up for it when you're like, you know, getting off work on Friday or, you know, is that what the, the, the water cooler talk is as a fan base, you know, what's sort of the, uh, the conversation around the game on for well, Friday? Well, right now, I mean, ECU, for the first time, I mean, it feels like in forever, um, and I think the first time since joining the American, ECU has a chance to make it to the conference championship game. Uh, I mean, late in November, you talked about being in in the position to play meaningful football in November. Uh, This is the first time that it's really happened for ECU in a a long time. Um, But ECU knows what they need to do. They need to go out and take care of business, and – by taking care of business, they have to win out. 
and they need they need a little bit of luck to go their way. They need Tulane to beat UCF this weekend. That's that's the conversation that's going around right now. Is hey, let's take it one game at a time. But we know what's out there for us. Um, I, I know a lot of ECU fans don't want to see any of the teams leaving for the Big Twelve in our conference championship game this year. Um, and I I don't either, to be honest with you. Um, but that that's kind of how ECU fans are feeling and. ECU, the the team and the social media crew, they, they've done a very good job over the last three weeks of, of kind of rubbing it in the faces of of Big uh, Big Twelve futures, uh, UCF and, and BYU, um, after beating them. I mean, like I said, ECU's in a, on a roll of playing four straight games against future Big Twelve teams, and they're two and zero, and they they want to keep that rolling, and, and they've got some confidence. I think that that's being said, talked about in the locker room. Hey, these guys are leaving. They're going on to the to the quote-unquote big time. And um, let's show that we can play with them and, and we can still beat them. Um, and I think that's kind of the fan base's mentality is we don't want to see anything good happen to, to any of those uh, those teams. I mean, and I don't think anybody from Cincinnati could blame us for that. No, and like I said, we've been in that, that same boat you know, in 2013 when we played Louisville. Uh, they got the best of us that night, and I, I think it, it might have ruined my week uh, because it was it was one where the, it might have even went into overtime. I, I forget exactly, but it was it was one where Teddy Bridgewater threw a, a game winning touchdown pass mm. uh, and you know sailed off into the sunset. Uh, but you know all week that's that, that was you know the talk. We got to beat Louisville. They're leaving. You know, so I, I've been in, in that shoe in those shoes before, and uh, I think that definitely adds you know another dimension to the game because ECU is in the in the position if they went out do what they, they need to do they'll be in the championship game uh, so it's another thing for UC fans to get out for the, this Friday because it's I think it's going to be a dog fight and I'm, I'm excited because I think it's going to be you know, a really good game with uh, with any team we got to talk about the quarterback all right so um, yeah. I I know when when Des Ritter left here, he had his AARP card. It seemed like, and I think Holton Aylers is right there behind him now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. His way out the door. They they just both go to the retirement home after this. Uh, so what 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 has his play been like so far? How how would you describe him? Uh, you know, in his twelfth season at, at at ECU uh, or or whatever it is. Uh, what is what has Aylers been like uh, so far here as as uh, you guys sit six and three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of the fans there, a lot of ECU fans have talked about, I mean, Ailers is the hometown kid. He grew up in Greenville, just five miles down from, from ECU. His dad's the PA announcer at ECU. Um, his number one receiver, uh, CJ Johnson also went to to high school with him was his high school number one receiver. Um, but Holden Ailers is one of those guys that, he could have gone to the draft last year. I don't think that he had the best chances of, of getting drafted. He's probably going to go undrafted. Um, but he wanted he wanted to come back, and he his whole mentality is let's turn ECU around. Um, and that, that's kind of what he's his mo has been his whole time at ECU. He's been here through the entire rebuild, um, starting back in 2018. He's a fifth year starter at quarterback. I mean, he, he's. At times this year, it hasn't looked like he's a fifth-year starter. But uh, over, over the past three or four weeks, he's kind of reined it in. And, I mean, he had, 
ECU hasn't turned the ball over in, in three games because of that. Um, that that's something that he's done a better job of this this towards the back half of the season, making sure that he's taking care of the ball. Um, you've really kind of seen a direct maturation of Holden Aylers in this season. I mean, there, there's been some games. Any game that we've the games we've lost, he's turned the ball over. He's thrown an interception. Those are the that's the direct correlation. So um, for him to be protecting the ball better, it, it's it's great to see. And he's he's one of those guys that kind of like Des Ritter. He he's not gonna he's not gonna kill you with his feet, but he's gonna extend plays and have your fans pulling their hair out on third down, third and five, when all of his guys are covered up and he just scrambles for 10, 15 yards and slides down for a first down. Um, and then he's a big dude. He's like Tim Tebow. He's, he's a big guy, lefty. Um, and he's gonna, he's gonna throw the rock, but he's also gonna hand it off to the, to the guys that he's got in the backfield. Yeah, I, I, I've all, I will always appreciate Houghton, you know, for, for sticking through this program, through the rebuild, being here through, through, through thick and thin. Like you said, 12 years, it, it feels like in the program's got his, got his AARP on deck. Um, but you know, the, the, the one knock on Houghton has been his inconsistency, right? I mean, he's, he's been inconsistent throughout his entire career. His overall record when it's all said and done is not going to be that great, but he does hold all the records. You know, he holds all the, the, the passing records and quarterback records at, at ECU. He holds a few records in the American athletic conference. So it's not like he doesn't have the skill or the ability. He can absolutely get it done. And when he's on, he's all the way on. And, and, and he definitely is a, a, a nightmare matchup. For a lot of defenses, you know, the, the thing with Houghton is he does have an opportunity to really cement his legacy to end this season. You know, if, if you go out, you take care of business against a Cincinnati at their place, you take care of business against a Houston at home and you beat Temple and you somehow get yourself in the conference championship and, and, and can compete in that game. And, you know, the sky's the limit after that. You know, he has a, a an opportunity out in front of him to really cement his legacy the way he wants it to be. Um, so. Love Houghton. It, it has not been the, you know, the, the, the clearest of skies throughout his career, but uh, we're, we're, we're excited how he can end his career and end these last couple of games at ECU. So, you know, looking at, uh, you know, uh, common opponents here, right? Cincinnati two weeks ago lost to, to UCF. Uh, the week before that, ECU dominates them 34-13. And looking at, at uh, Ayler's stat line, he went 30 for 36 for 311 yards. Like, that's like that's balling out, especially against, you know, a, a good, you know, Central Florida team. That's – and then, you know, looking at you know, other ones, I mean, there's, you know, the Tulane game, for example, he threw it 51 times, uh, which, seem, which seems like a crazy amount. The BYU game, you guys still get the win, 27-24. He's 15 for 22, 197, a little more, uh, you know, back down to earth there. So, like, what's just taking those two games into account, the BYU-UCF game, it looks like two different stories, same result, a win. What's, you know, what's the, uh, I guess, the offensive strat? Is it is it we're going to let Ayler swing it around? I know you guys have a, a lethal running back as well. Maybe, you know, talk about that as well because it seems like uh, – if, if yeah, Ayler's is off, you know, you're still getting it done. And it it wasn't even that he was off that night. It was BYU's rush defense could not stop Keaton Mitchell. 
Um, okay. It, it was, I mean, Keaton Mitchell, he left the game halfway. I think he it was towards the end of the third quarter, uh, maybe five minutes into the fourth quarter. He left the game uh, in concussion protocol after a targeting call. Um, he was hit with a, with a targeting hit and, and left the game. But Keaton Mitchell put up 176 yards. Yeah, he, and, he was averaging almost and, nine yards here. Yeah, he was averaging on like 22 rushes like or like 16 rushes, 19 rushes, something like that. He was averaging eight, nine yards a carry and put up 176 yards on BYU's defense. Um, he's one of those guys that once he hits the second level, he's gone. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, everybody was still talking about how bad EC's play calling was in that game because yeah. they, Donnie Kirkpatrick, EC's offensive coordinator, it seemed like all he wanted to call was a run up the middle. Well, Keen Mitchell is so smart and so good with his feet, so shifty, that even though he would have the run up the middle, he'd see that there, there was a cut outside. If he could get to that outside, BYU's, BYU's defense was not fast enough. That we're, talking, we're talking probably one of the top five fastest guys in college football, Keen Mitchell, toting the rock. Um, and so, yeah, you got you got whole nailers who can hand it off to Keaton Mitchell. You got another guy, freshman Marlon Gunn, as, as the number two. Rajay Harris is out for the season, torn ACL. Um, you got you got honestly your your four string running back on this team is a four star transfer out of Carolina. Um, so that that's how deep this running back room is. ECU is going to come at you with a, a balanced attack, and they're they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball. Look for a bunch of runs on first down. Um, they're, they're not going to throw it much on first down, but they're going to throw it in, in third and mid situations, third and five situations. And that, that's where they're going to hit you. They're going to hit you for 10, 15 yards usually on one of those plays and, and move the chains that way. ECU's MO in the games that they've dominated, looking at UCF, uh, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I think they controlled the ball like 39 minutes in that game. Yeah. I mean – they they long sustained drives and then good bend but don't break defense is what has won ECU football games this year. They've got like six red zone or uh, goal line stands on the season. They've got one of the top five red zone defenses in the country. Um, I, I think that's probably changed after last week. But um, And then you've got guys that are, I mean, Isaiah Winstead, a transfer wide receiver. Uh, last time I checked before before this past week's games, he was uh, number two in the country in receiving. And then you have another guy that's in the top 15 in receiving in C.J. Johnson. This ECU offense, and I know we just saw SMU and Houston put up 140 points in a game. I think that this ECU offense might be the most talented offense in the conference. This, this offense, the defense is, is lackluster at times but this offense can put up points with the best of them. If we circle back to, to Mitchell here, and so, you know, look at your guys, you see you on a three-game win streak. In those three games, you beat Memphis in four overtimes, which is crazy enough. You beat Central Florida, beat BYU. In all three of those games, Mitchell's total yards, 149, 105, 176. Uh, you know, the, the uh, Achilles heel, uh, as good as, uh, you know, the Black Cats defense has been sort of, you know, the nickname that uh, Marcus Freeman gave the, the UC defense when he was still here. Uh, if, you know, if they've had one knock over the past two seasons, it's, it's the run defense. Uh, you know, so if I'm a UC fan, I'm looking for that matchup. 
uh, you know, if it's if he's going to if Mitchell's going to feast or or if we have an answer for him, I think that's going to be a, a huge key to the game. I'm not a, a big you know key to the game type of guy. I, I don't ever like release that or anything. But but that that you know. Mitchell versus the the D line is is the matchup probably that that we need to watch out for because you know it seems yeah. if he gets over the century mark, good things happen for ECU and that's that's going to be uh, he he's got that you know trending in the right direction for him and, and wins seem to follow so that's to me that's going to be the biggest matchup on Friday night for either team. Yeah, we're we're talking about a guy that has 122 carries, 863 yards, and not to mention he's missed a game and a half this year. I mean, he didn't even play against South Florida. So, I mean, that, that that's a game where he could have probably put up another 150, 200 yards um, if he wanted to. He, he's going to easily hit 1,000 yards on, on the season. For sure. You know, definitely watch out for that. You know, let, let's flip Let's flip sides of the ball. You, you've, you've made some comments. Uh, you know, we want to have you expand on, on the ECU defensive side of things. Uh, what you know, you, you described it. Ben don't break, but also kind of lackluster. Do, do they have an Achilles heel? What is what has sort of been? Um, you know, if you're a UC fan and, and you're looking for you know UC to maybe expose or, or get one over on them here and there, what's what's what are we looking out for? If, if UC can expose that zone that ECU loves to play every single soft zone. game, soft zone, they are they are going to have a field day because for some reason. We don't like to play man coverage, and we haven't done it all season. I guess we just don't have the kind of corners and, and safeties that can kind of get up and press uh, receivers. But if you've got some big bodies, some some real studs at receiver, um, and, and you find something in that zone coverage that you like, you can probably feast all day long. That, that would be the one big Achilles heel that I would say about ECU's defense. And then number two, um, a lot of times we, we can get a little soft. Um, especially, you know, in, in down in distance, you know, we like to tighten up at the goal line in the red zone. We like to get, you know, real, real stiff and tighten up. And a lot of times we're able to stop teams, but teams have been able to move up and down the field on us pretty much all season. And, 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 and we are kind of soft at times. You know, BYU, we were kind of soft. Uh, Navy, we were kind of soft. Uh, UCF, you know, they didn't, they didn't score a lot of points, but they, they had a lot of yards. They had a lot of, you know, first downs. They were able to move the ball up and down the field. So, um, Cincinnati will have an opportunity uh, if we come out and, and and they find you know opportunities in that zone and we're playing soft. Cincinnati's going to have some opportunities to go out and make some plays. Uh, hopefully, we don't give them that opportunity. So the the thing I'll say about EC's defense is the the secondary kind of like what Artie was saying. The secondary has been our our Achilles heel this year. Um, the defensive line has probably been outside of the offensive line that's been our biggest improvement year to year coming from last year. I mean, we, we got guys that it seems like came out of nowhere um, that are, I mean, Chandra Mims has, or uh, it's either Chandra Mims or Chance Bates has like four, four sacks, four solo sacks this year, which, I mean, there was a year, I think three or four years ago where ECU didn't have a sink. I think they had like five sacks all season, seven sacks all season. Um, I mean, we, if ECU, can put pressure on the quarterback. If they can get any pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be a long day for for Ben Bryant and and for for Cincinnati's offense because that that's how ECU shuts them shuts teams down. They come at you. They'll they'll probably blitz. They'll blitz four. Sometimes they'll blitz five. Um, they'll they'll send a cornerback in, and um, and the, they can get to the quarterback 
now. And even if they, even if they don't get the sack, they're forcing a bad throw. Um, and, and that's how ECU is, is built on defense. Um, the issue has been is third and long. I mean, it seems like third and long is the worst place for EC to be. I mean, I, I'd rather than be fourth and one. Uh, I mean, they're a top 50 team on fourth down conversions and on defense. But, I mean, on third down, I, I don't even want to know what the stats are. It seems like anybody that's third and 11, you should you should never get a first down. But it seems like it happens quite a bit for ECU now. Good stuff here. Good stuff for sure. So what about, uh, you know, we talked uh, a little bit, you know, about the, the Tuberville era games coming down to, to a field goal and, and it, it's like a 50 yarder or whatever it might have been. What's the what's the special teams look like? You guys are shaking <laughs> not- your head. No. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll say this. ECU is six and six and three on the season. Yeah. Very well. I mean. You missed a field goal to tie it up in overtime against Navy. You missed a 46-yarder 40, to beat NC State. So, ECU hasn't had a clean kicking game all season. They haven't had one game all season where they haven't missed either an extra point, field goal, or both. Ooh. Um, Last year, freshman kicker put on scholarship. Uh, Owen Daffer. He came out after about he was he was benched and right before the the Memphis game it, it was the Memphis game where they went to another a new freshman kicker um in in lieu of the sophomore um went to Andrew you'll see Andrew Conrad kicking for for ECU um not not got the longest leg but he he's a little more accurate this year than than Owen Daffer. I hate to say the word, but Owen Daffer seems to have a case of the yips. Um, you, you hate to see that. Now, some of it has been holds. I mean, look, that that NC State game, NC State blocked a punt for and recovered it in ECU's end zone and beat us by one And after we missed a field goal. That right. that we should have won that game handed. And an extra point. We missed field and an extra point. It, it, yeah, we missed we missed an extra point to tie it. Got the ball back with like a minute left. Couldn't we stalled out about the thirty yard line, kicked like a forty five yard field goal, and missed it wide right as yeah. time expired. That was that was how the first game of the season ended. Um against the top at that time top fifteen team in the country, NC State, our biggest rival. Um and that was heartbreaking. And then you you win a couple games, then you play Navy, and then you miss. I believe that was a thirty eight yarder, yeah, uh, from the Just left hash. Game. From the left hash, it was, I mean, I told Artie before the kick. I said I don't like this angle for him, and special teams has not been pretty. Uh, you got an Aussie punter, uh, mm-hmm. Luke Larson, friend of the podcast. He's he's been okay. Um, when he's had to punt, he, he'll average about a 41-yard punt, 42-yard punt. I think that's what he's averaging. Um, but he's he's an Aussie kicker. You'll you'll probably get confused because he wears the same number as Hole Nailers. He's he's number 12 as well. Um, I think that's by design. Just um, they haven't done anything yet. Wink, wink. Um, so don't be surprised if if in a close game or in a pinch, ECU needs something. He he's pulled. Trick plays out of his ass before. 
um, Luke Larson has. So um, don't be surprised. He, he wears number 12. It, it might get confusing at times. Um, but yeah, the, the special teams has been the, the worst part of ECU. They haven't had a clean kicking game all season. I was, I was about to say, Jared says all that to say that this game does not need to come down to special teams for East Carolina University. <laughs> it does but, not need to come down to special teams. But the, the BYU game did. And it, it did, but remember that kick was not a pretty kick. That, it was not was, a – hey, they don't ask how. They just ask <laughs> what the score was. And it, it was a line drive kick that I was like, oh, that's for sure not going in. But luckily, <laughs> luckily he knocked it down. Very nice. So, so gentlemen, uh, I like to ask all my guests this question as, as we wrap things up here. You know, so whatever the circumstances may be, you know, uh, you can imagine that. But if you had to choose your offense to go on, on a game-winning drive or your defense to make a game-winning stand, which one are you picking and why? Oh, that's a good question. Like, which is this a question of which one are we putting more confidence in? Or which one I mean, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay. you got to win the game. Are you taking Holton Aylers to, to lead a, a game-winning drive? Or are you taking the defense to uh, to stop the go-ahead touchdown? Um, already, you'll probably have a different answer than I do on this, but yeah. um, it, I guess it depends on the score. But if it's a, they got to stop a touchdown. I'm taking EC's defense, um, just the way that the, the red zone defense. Has, no, I agree with that. The way okay. that EC's defense has played, I mean, you you go back; it's on YouTube somewhere, and I'm sure you can find it on on Twitter. ECU had two goal line stands against NC State in the final like seven minutes, um, and I mean, we're talking top ten offensive line at that time in the country. Um, running back, I mean, they it was literally. It was fourth and one from the goal line or first and one from the goal line. And ECU held them to no points, Mm -hmm. like no points. And then got a strip sack or strip uh, tackle to take the ball back. And yeah, I mean, I'm taking that all day. The red zone defense for ECU has been phenomenal. Um, At times, Donnie Kirkpatrick's play calling on offense has made drives stall. For off for the offensive side of the ball, so um, as as long, I'll say this, Brandon. As long as we're not having to come down to a kick, I don't give a shit. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I, I I will I will say, in 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 the in the in the frame of this year, when ECU's defense has needed to come up the you know the most in those clutch situations, they have. I mean, I've I've seen them consistently this season, game over game over game, come up big on fourth downs, on third downs, when they absolutely need to come up big. So I agree with you, Jed. I, I would take ECU's defense in a, in, a, in a game-winning situation if I had to. Yeah, I would, I would for, for this season, I would take ECU's defense. Now, and, and I say that also because if you look at the BYU game, neither team on defense could get a stop. I mean, there wasn't a punt until late in the fourth quarter. And both teams was going, were going for it on fourth down because they didn't trust their kickers. And ECU got two stops to BYU's one stop when they really needed it. And it seems like when the stress and the pressure is on that ECU defense, they ball out. Um, I don't know what it is, 
They they just perform well under pressure, so I'm taking them. Good stuff, gentlemen. Good stuff. Uh, I think we talked about this either on your show or, or uh, before we were recording here. Uh, neither of you is coming up for the game Friday, right? We're, no, no, no I've got a golf trip planned, so unfortunately, yeah, I can't, I can't make. This. All right, so uh, if you're a Pirates fan tuning in and you're making the trip, uh, I hope you guys have a, a good time. Nippert's a, a great place to catch a game. Uh, there's not a bad seat in the house, and, and game, you know, nip at night. What we call it here is is, is even more special. I uh, super excited. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be just like a slugfest of a football game, uh, and I, you know. Having it highlighted, being you know, I think it's the only game on TV Friday night. I think it's a good point, good way to showcase the conference, both both teams, uh, big time, meaningful football game for us both. Uh, definitely, you know, other than Friday, wish you guys the best of luck throughout the the rest of the season. It, we'll have to try to get you guys back on here for uh, for basketball season. And uh, I, I tried last year uh, unsuccessfully. But I know uh, East Carolina is, is pretty dominant in, in baseball, and I definitely want to go down the uh, the rabbit hole of, of learning more about college baseball. So uh, definitely maybe reach out to you guys then as well to, to see if you guys can give me the, uh, the ABCs of college baseball as well. I definitely want to dive into that more. Sounds great. Yeah, anytime, let us know. Um, we're, always, we're always down to come on and, and chat, chat some pirates with, with anybody that will listen. Um, so, yeah. Best of luck to y'all as well, and especially after Friday. Um, yeah, wishing y'all all the best after after Friday night. Definitely. <laughs> Gentlemen, you guys have a, a good night, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon.